1: Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do great work, and you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for today, including special guests. Erica Donald, she is the uh, CEO and president of Optima Foundation, specializing in uh, education for kids, charter schools, and more. We'll find out about that. Also, Boo Mortensen will be joining us. Seton Motley, the founding president of Less Government. And Linda Hardin, my wife, will be joining us as well. It is June the 14th, and on this day in 1777, during the American Revolution, the Continental Congress adopted a resolution stating the flag of the United States be 13 alternate stripes, red and white, and that the Union be 13 stars, white in the blue field, representing a new constellation. The national flag, which became known as the Stars and Stripes, was based on the Grand Union flag, a banner carried by the Continental Army in 1776 and also consisted of 13 red and white stripes. According to legend, Philadelphia seamstress Betsy Ross designed the new canton for the stars and stripes, which consisted of a circle of 13 stars in blue background. At the request of George Washington, historians now have been un- unable to conclusively prove or disprove this legend. While the entrance of the new states into the United States after independence, new stripes and stars were added to represent new additions to the Union. In 1818, however, Congress enacted a new law stipulating that the 13 original stripes be restored and that only stars be added to represent new states. On June 14, 1877, the first Flag Day observance was held on the 100th anniversary of the adoption of the stars and stripes. As instructed by Congress, the U.S. flag was flown from all public buildings across the country. In the years after the first Flag Day, several states continued to observe the the anniversary. And in 1949, Congress officially designated June 14th as Flag Day, a national day of observance. So to you, uh, happy Flag Day. It is Flag Day here in 2022. Well, the 2022 stock Sell-off intensified yesterday with the S&P 500 tumbling to a fresh low for the year and closing in bear market territory as recession fears grew ahead of this week's key Federal Reserve meeting. The S&P fell 3.88% to 3,740, marking its lowest level since March 2021 and bringing in losses from its January record to more than 21%. The benchmark closed in bear market territory, down more than 20% from its high after trading there briefly on intraday basis about three weeks ago. Some on Wall Street say it's not official a bear market until the index closes there, and that's what happened yesterday. At the same time, stocks were in a bear market, uh, was in, the last time that we in a bear market was in March 2020 at the onset of the uh, pandemic. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 876 points or 2.79% to settle at 30,516, about 17% off its record high. The Nasdaq Composite fell 4.68% to close at 10,809, bringing off the sell-off to more than 33%. Major averages uh, hit their lows on the session in the final 30 minutes after Wall Street Journal reported suggested that the Fed would consider raising rates by 0.75% today, more than half a point increase currently expected. In fact, some people are asking for a 1% increase. Monday's move came after the major averages last week posted their biggest weekly declines since late January, as investors grew increasingly concerned about rising inflation Will tip the economy into a recession. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reported Friday that the U.S. Consumer Price Index rose mo- last uh, month by 8.6% from a year ago, its fastest increase since December 1981. That gain topped economists' expectations. Gasoline prices also hit $5 a gallon low over the weekend, further fanning fears of overinflation uh, and falling consumer confidence. Meanwhile, Bitcoin. Uh, tumbled below 24,000 on Monday and hit its uh, lowest level since 2020 as risk averse investors continue to dump crypto at rates, uh, as rates rise. The news sent uh, shares of crypto related companies, including Coinbase and MicroStrategy, down 11% and 25%, respectively. Gold took a big hit yesterday as well. Investors are looking ahead to Wednesday when the Fed is expected to announce at least a half-point rate increase. The central bank has already raised rates twice this year, including a 50-point increase in May in in an effort to stave off the recent inflation surge. Some economists believe the Fed could even raise the rates by 0.75% this week, following Friday's uh, CPI report. And uh, right now, futures are up a little. They're dropping. Uh, So this could be what they call in professional investment uh, parlance, a dead cat bounce. In other words, the market looks uh, good for the day, but starts to sell off in the morning for another loss today. We'll see what happens. Well, on a brighter note, uh, Breeze Airways prides itself on being its customers seriously nice flights and fares, Just over a year old, the airline is expected uh, expanding rapidly with one-fifth of its destinations in Florida, including Southwest Florida International Airport, which is good news for us, which recently celebrated its inaugural flights to Las Vegas and Charleston, South Carolina. When booking a flight with Breeze, guests will be offered three nice price bundles for service. Nice, nicer, and nicest. A nice fare means seat location, selection. Fees can range from $10 to $40. This option does not include a checked bag, which will cost you $20 regardless of the weight. A nicer fare includes a checked bag with free seat selection, extra leg room, priority boarding, and a water bottle and a kind bar. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me laugh to think of this. Just think 20, 30 years ago uh, when we got uh, nice meals. The nicest package is exactly how it sounds. Guests choosing the flight experience will automatically get a first-class seat, two check bags, priority boarding, and complimentary snack and drink. And while amenities uh, amenities will vary by class and plane, all flights will offer food and drink for purchase and in-flight entertainment. Flyers can cancel or change their flight up to 15 minutes before the flight is scheduled to leave without penalty. Uh, Breeze Airways is now offering flights uh, at Southwest Florida International Airport. It's offering three types of airplanes, uh, Airbus A2020-300 and uh, two others. the, The point is that the planes are all new, which is good news. It's the largest offering amenities, such as first-class seats. and slated to have in-flight access to Wi-Fi at the end of 2022, according to its website. So uh, keep an eye on uh, Breeze Airlines, uh, offering now Charleston and Las Vegas, but perhaps more opportunities and destinations uh, later. It obviously goes to more cities than that, but not uh, nonstop. None of the 10 Republican senators who on Sunday backed a framework agreement on gun violence legislation are up for re-election this year. No surprise there. The 10 Republicans who signed the letter are Senator John Cornyn, Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham, Tom Tillis, Roy Blunt, Rob Portman, Richard Burr, Bill Cassidy, and Pat Toomey. Many of these Republicans have a long history of supporting a National Rifle Association, with Cornyn being given an A-plus rating by the organization such legislation can be, uh, cannot pass in the Senate without first clearing a 60-vote procedural hurdle, which means Democrats will need the support of 10 Republicans in an evenly split 50-50 chamber. Romney and Burr, respectively, have been receiving funding uh, by the NRA at $13.5 million and $7 million in donations, respectively. Additionally, Blunt, Burr, Portman, and Toomey are all retiring from the Senate at the end of the year. So no loss there if, in fact, uh, they end up taking a hit for this. But the point being is, uh, in my guess, uh, it's unlikely that this will pass. This red flag law has lots of concerns, could be used politically to uh, damage people, allow, not allow them to carry a gun if, in fact, they're on the wrong side politically. And uh, I just have real concerns about uh, due process uh, with regard to red flags. And I, that's one of the important parts of the new bill. Former Donald Trump's advisor Steve Bannon has subpoenaed House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and members of the special panel investigating January 6 to testify at Bannon's uh, pending trial in which he faces two counts of criminal contempt of Congress for refusing to participate in the congressional investigation. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer and House Minority uh, Majority Whip Jim Claiborne, neither of whom is on the investigative Democrat-led committee, are among the 16 named in the subpoena, which Bannon has filed with, uh, while claiming that charges against him are politically motivated. Well, of course they are. He's also insisted that he's not guilty, and of course he's not. The Justice Department is pursuing a criminal contempt charge against Bannon and Trump. Uh, Trade advisor Peter Navarro, former White House officials Mark Meadows and uh, Dan Scavino, who are also have refused to appear before the committee, have not been indicted yet for some reason, so there's no consistency there, but nevertheless, Steve Bannon will take this group on, and I think he's pleased that he's been charged, and will look forward to the confrontation with the January 6th committee. Gannon, which publishes USA Today and it's, uh, is America's largest newspaper chain, says it will almost eliminate op-eds and candidate endorsements. The reason? Gannett believes that liberal slant of editorializing is repelling readers. Gannett has also concluded that readers don't want us to tell them what to think. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. They're losing readers and they're trying to scratch in their heads and trying to figure out why. Gannett's uh, editors arrogantly believe that their readers are not literate enough to distinguish between editorials and objective news. My view is this day and age, almost all objective news comes with systematic left bias, and so readers don't know what is opinion and what is hard news. A Pew Research poll last year found that only 12% of Americans had a lot of trust in national news organizations, and for good reason. I just take a look at the national, uh, Naples Daily News, which is published by Gannett, and uh, it's, most of its stories have a bias, a left bias, that is so strong. Uh, they may report facts, but they usually do it uh, with adjectives that uh, and descriptives that are uh, very uh, pejorative against uh, uh, Republicans. So uh, the bias is there, but they don't understand why people won't read their papers, and it's primarily because uh, a lot of people just don't want to read the nonsense they're publishing. Well, after day two of the House, uh, January six select committees, former Bet- uh, Donald Trump let loose with a 12-page statement dismissed as both a distraction from President Joe Biden's failures and a, a, a bid to block a Trump run for the presidency in 2024. And he's absolutely right about this. We're not going to have time to cover this story now, but it's so interesting. He just continues to fight uh, President uh, Donald Trump. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning Naples, longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Erica Donald, she is the president and CEO and founder of Optima Foundation. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show, here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly staff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. 4541
0: Welcome back to the Bob Harden show and now here's your host Bob Harden
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show it's brought to you in part by Choice Social Choice Social's a new refreshing social networking platform and you can find out find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Erica Donald. She is the president, CEO, and founder of Optima Foundation. Erica, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Hi, good morning, Bob. Thanks for having me.
1: M- my pleasure, Erica. Tell us about the Optima Foundation. Or, Yes.
3: Well, the Outdoor Foundation started four years ago after I left the Collier County School Board. Wanted to make a bigger impact for kids, and our goal is to make a classical education available to every family that wants it. And we do that by helping to expand school choice options in the form of public charter schools, in person, as well as a brand new virtual reality school. It's first in the world. All of these are available to families at no cost in the state of Florida. And we're currently serving 3,000 students in our classical charter schools, as well as 2,000 students are waiting on waiting lists. Unfortunately, we really can't open these schools fast enough, Bob, because parents are looking for options outside of the traditional system.
1: Uh, Terrific organization. By the way, full disclosure, I serve on the board of the Optima Foundation. I'm very proud of it as well. Erica, before we get into some of the uh, uh, services, Of Optima Foundation and educational opportunities. Uh, Yesterday, Kamala Patton, our uh, school board superintendent here in Cuyahoga County, decided to announce her. uh, Well, she's leaving uh, Cuyahoga County. I don't know if she's going someplace else, but at the end of the 2023 school year. Well, I just want to get your thoughts.
3: Well, a huge announcement for our community. Superintendent Patton has been our superintendent for 11 years, since 2011 is when she came. She was the superintendent my entire term. And this is a long tenure for a superintendent across the country. The average is two and a half to four years. Um, And she put out a video, seven minutes long, all the accomplishments and improvements by way of the state's (laughs) measurements. If you look at graduation rates and things like that. But her tenure has not been without controversy. All of these culture wars, uh, you know, many, especially on our side of the aisle, Uh, think that she hasn't stood up for um, family values, making sure that, um, you know, the books are reflective of our true history. We had lots of book controversy when I was on the board, and that continues now. Um, And, you know, some of the things that we've seen from the school board, uh, a lot of people would say that a lot of those directives come from the superintendent and the school board rubber stamps these things. It's actually going to make for a very interesting election season. We have all Three of those school board seats up for grabs, three incumbents running, and now the topic of conversation is going to be how and who will be selected as our next superintendent.
1: Yeah, so how would you juxtapose classical education, which Optimum Foundation promotes, uh, versus what's happening in our public schools right now?
3: The classical education, Bob, is a back-to-basics education, but the biggest difference I'm seeing right now is the level of standard the standard of excellence that we require from both our teachers and our students. Uh, You know, I saw a a case of a gentleman who's on trial for murder. He went all the way through high school and he cannot read. He's on the stand in his Myrtle trial and he cannot read the things that are put in front of him. Mm. And I was talking to my son about this. And my son said, how can he go all the way to high school and he can't read? And this is in the public school system because the standards are not high enough for our kids but a classical school is gonna teach children to read using explicit phonics in the lower grades, in their kindergarten and first grade years. It's gonna teach them grammar, and it's more importantly gonna teach them about virtue and moral character and civic virtue through classical literature and through the history of our country and the history of the world and the people that have been important in getting our country to where it is today, the greatest country, country in the history of the world exposing our children to all of these things, but also holding them to a high standard of excellence and performance that the public schools are just not doing right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you you had mentioned that you've got, uh, well, a couple of thousand people on waiting lists in order to enter the uh, uh, classical uh, academies, to enter the uh, uh, charter schools. But you also mentioned that you have a Optima Classical Academy that is uh, virtual. Maybe you could tell us about it.
3: Now, one of the ways that we're reaching families with classical education who might not have that option in their communities or they might be on one of our waiting lists is creating a fully virtual uh, classical model, which is not currently available elsewhere. And the live instruction that students can receive every single day from a well-trained and highly qualified teacher is through virtual reality. And some people might be a little afraid of the metaverse, you know, the the oculus headsets that are out there but we are doing this in such a secure and intelligent way providing students with managed headsets and when they put on a headset at home they're actually in a classroom with a teacher Hmm. and the teacher is able to deliver that live classical instruction on a daily basis that is rare in terms of virtual school they'll also be reading the classic literature and learning about the history of our country and the world that all of our students are receiving that high quality classical education in person. But this is the gold standard of online education and it is only available right now in Florida.
1: Uh, Amazing, and and what grades do you serve right now?
3: We will be serving grades three to eight this fall. It's called Optima Classical Academy and the website is optimaclassical.org. Students can sign up for full time enrollment, or they can sign up for individual courses. If they're a homeschool student, they want to take math with us or science, uh, they can do so by going to OptimaClassical.org and signing up for either full-time or individual courses starting this fall.
1: And you had mentioned that that there's no cost to parents and to families for uh, participating in Optima Classical Academy.
3: That's right, Bob. This is currently offered as a public option in Florida. We've gone through an extensive approval process with the state as well as with the Collier County School District to allow us to offer this option as a public school option to any student in the state of Florida in grades three to eight and we will also be adding high school in the 23-24 school year so students will be able to continue with us beyond uh, grade eight starting next year but uh, it is a huge bureaucratic process um, but we were just determined to make this a free option just how you and I both believe, Bob, that every family should have these options available to them, no matter where they live or what their income is. And this is how we're doing it.
1: It's just uh, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, again, Erica Donalds, president and CEO of Optima Foundation. So, Erica, h- how can people find out more? Where, you know, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's parents or grandparents right now are saying, you know, this sounds like a great option for my grandchild. What can I do?
3: They can find out more about the foundation all of our schools at OptimaEd.org. We have our list of schools there. You can also contact me if you're looking for a school uh, to come to your community. We have lots of schools in our pipeline right now. uh, So it may be coming your way. Uh, Many people know we're opening uh, two Lee schools in the coming year in Estero and in Fort Myers. So we're really excited about expanding there, but we're looking to expand all over the state of Florida and eventually across the country to sign up for the virtual school, you can go right now to OptimaClassical.org and just fill out a simple form now. You'll be entered into the enrollment and you'll get an email letting you know how to finish your registration process.
1: Erica Donalds again, president and CEO of Optima Foundation. Erica, really appreciate your leadership in the whole area of school choice and what you're doing really for the community and really appreciate your time here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Well, thanks for serving us, Bob, and for helping to get the word
1: out. My pleasure indeed, Erica. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. She's up in Madison, Wisconsin. We're going to find out what's new with Boo, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com. Or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience
0: Bob
1: Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. You can find out more about summer programs for kids, about theater, and more. Just visit the website Playhouse. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seaton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen up in the tundra in Madison. Well, it's not the tundra uh, in the summer, but uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us here on the show.
2: Well, it's my pleasure. And uh, yes, it has been the tundra up here. It's been uh, pretty chilly up until today. Yesterday, there were big thunderstorms. Today, we're going from the 60s to ninety-two.
1: Wow. Well, Mike, yeah. that's uh, that that's uh, beautiful weather up Wisconsin. Wisconsin is one of the most beautiful places in the world during the course of the summer. I just absolutely think it's fantastic.
2: It's wonderful, and so that leads us into what we should talk about there this morning. Is golf because there's a lot of golf courses up here. But I, I have to tell you, Bob, I am fascinated. With this Live Golf, this L I V Golf, which is the Saudi Arabian uh, funded new golf event and organization, it is a direct competition against our PGA, and it is it is just fascinating how divisive this has all become. Their um, slogan is "Opportunity." They see it live. It's called Live Golf they see it as an opportunity to reinvigorate golf. Golf, but louder.
1: So what louder
2: means is golf with more money. They are offering these players enormous, amounts of money.
1: So I've, I haven't followed this carefully, but I did notice that the winner of the first tournament, which I think just happened this past week, it was over $4 million. Are you kidding me? The the largest purse I've ever seen out of a, a, a PGA tournament is a, a little over $2 million. So this is just phenomenal.
2: It is phenomenal. So, you know, Phil Mickelson is the one that sort of brought this to The forefront, he hasn't played in PGA tournaments. He's backed out. He's thrown his hat in with the Saudis, despite the history of human rights abuses, which are significant. Right, they're paying him two hundred million dollars, and Dustin Johnson, who just signed up, they paid him a hundred and fifty million.
1: And this is just a just
2: golfers.
1: This is just to sign up. It's not to be to uh, for. It's not even before, it's before playing in any tournament.
2: It is a signing bonus.
1: Wow, I understand that Tiger Woods turned down over a billion dollars to play in the uh, live, uh, I, what do they call it, the live uh, championship. Live golf. Live golf, yeah. So.
2: Yeah, Bryson DeChambeau went there, Patrick Reed went to the Saudi Golf live golf thing, uh, Dustin Johnson, I said, Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, Graham McDowell. You know, there are a lot of lower players as well, but it's all about the money. And some of the other players, you know, like Rory, um, Rory, what's his last name? McIlroy. Um, McIlroy is probably one of the most outspoken that said, you know, what are you guys thinking? Their human rights is terrible and you're going for the money and How are you going to explain this to your kids? And you know what kind of a guy are you that is going to do that? He's been very outspoken about it. So these guys are going to play on their on their um, series, you know, their tour, and they play less. It's not as uh, uh, they're shorter tournaments with smaller fields. Uh, So they're three rounds instead of four. They're only eight. 48 players playing instead of that huge roster on a PGA tour. And, uh, and it's a shotgun.
1: Huh. So uh, I'm curious, uh, how's, what's been uh, the PGA official stance on this?
2: Oh, the first tournament was in London this past weekend. And once all of these players were out on the field, the PGA sent a notice out and said, You all are done with the PGA. We are suspending your memberships. Wow. They're playing hardball.
1: Yeah, I understand that, uh, but uh, then don't I recall reading that uh, Phil Mickelson is planning on playing on the uh, U.S. Open?
2: Well, now how is that going to work?
1: I don't know, but uh, I, I saw that, I thought, yesterday or the day before, so... Maybe this is a confluence of events right now. Maybe he didn't uh, get this notice, but it's uh, apparently you can't have your cake and eat it, too, this way, huh?
2: No. I think if you go with Live Golf, the PGA will has suspended your membership effective immediately. They huh. are no longer eligible to participate in PGA Tour play, including the President's Cup and the FedEx.
1: See, this is so interesting. To me, It uh, without knowing a, a lot about this, I haven't followed the story carefully, even though I enjoy golf quite a bit. I mean, uh, t- to me, it seems like a retribution against these players that they're simply making a choice to go, you know, it sounds like they're being offered a lot of money. Who in the world wouldn't at least consider it and in, in, in perhaps take advantage of it? A billion dollars, $200 million, that's a lot of tamales for crying out loud. And it seems to me the PGA is just uh, basically, uh, you know, they've been a... I'm going to call it a, 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 a in charge. They've had a monopoly, is the word I'm looking for, and uh, now they don't, and uh, they're pretty upset about it.
2: Yeah, very. Um, uh, you know, Monahan, who is the head of the PGA Tour, has issued you know direct warnings to any players saying that and and the the Live Golf there isn't a series that's going to shift to the United States, and he said any player. It holds true for any players who participate in future Saudi golf leagues. You're done. It's a violation of our regulations. They're playing hardball. Yeah. Yeah, this should be fascinating because, you know, it's all about the money. And maybe these golfers feel that, you know, their salaries are not commensurate with other pro athletes. It just seems that golf, that these guys, you know, they make a lot from from the purse.
1: But they also make a but lot of endorsements. Ju-
2: endorsements, exactly. And that's where the big money is on the endorsements. And a lot of these players that went over to Saudi Golf have lost the endorsements.
1: So to me, this, this uh, simply broadens the field. I think it creates more opportunity for more golfers. We've got some great young golfers coming up, and now just it's very hard to get your PGA card and start participating in the PGA. You have to go through the ranks, usually through the minor leagues. I've forgotten the name of the uh, the uh, tournaments or the uh, the organizations, but irrespective, it takes a while, and you have to be outstanding. Uh, to me, this just broadens the field, so we'll have an opportunity to see more great professional golfers.
2: Well, I I think the big issue is is not the money that's being offered. I think it's who is offering the money, uh-huh. and it's Saudi Arabia with a a, a horrible history of human rights violations, you know, killing Khashoggi, uh, women's rights. There are none over there. I think they still practice stoning. Women have absolutely no rights. I, I think that's the problem, is that it, is the money that you're taking from Saudi Arabia is how some people feel that it's dirty money.
1: Well, I think there's a lot to that. I mean, we take a look at the experience with the NBA. The NBA has certainly jumped in bed with the uh, with the Saudis, and it's been very yep. profitable to them. But unfortunately, the Saudis have these problems with human rights. They ought to clean up their act when it comes to human rights and get back get into the 21st century for crying out loud. Of the uh, which
2: yeah, it's a, a tribal country. I'm I'm not sure. Look at this is 2022, and that, there's been very very little movement toward. Cleaning up human rights. Yeah. Well, Boo. Uh, I don't know. So I, I think it should be. So just follow. It's very contentious, very controversial. Like we need more controversy in our lives at this point, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Boo, I just really appreciate you bringing, bringing these issues to our attention. Boo Mortons again, thank you so much for joining us here on the show.
2: You bet. My pleasure.
1: All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here on The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of The Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by 3 out of 4 voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, Classical Academies and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich
0: Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob
1: Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Seaton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seaton, thank you so much for joining us.
4: Good morning, sir.
1: Good morning, Seaton. Tell us about Less Government.
4: Well, we exist through the socioscope and sphere of influence the government, and no one in D.C. does.
1: Well, that's true, but uh, keep up the good work <laughs> because it it makes a difference. Uh, you wrote a great column. Chips, iMonster Apple sells out our national security to communist China's military. This is shocking. The headline itself is shocking. Maybe you can tell us about it.
4: Well, uh, 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 okay, Apple has been sung and out for a long time, obviously, and they have. They're completely. Amoral when it comes to doing so, they're one of the biggest beneficiaries of the Uyghur slave labor uh, in Western China. Uh, they, they, a lot of their manufacturing is done by these slaves of the Chinese Communist State, and that's been going on for years. And of course, they did that so they wouldn't have to pay Amer- you know Americans to actually you know actually pay Americans to, to manufacture their products. Well, that's not that's not bad enough for them apparently they've they were in a long protracted uh legal fight they signed a bunch of contracts to use uh qualcomm chips qualcomm is a san diego california company and i think you and i have discussed this in the past it was in the 2018 2019 range where they signed all these contracts to pay qualcomm and they just stopped paying yeah and 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 they ended up settling for seven or eight billion dollars of money they owed them for using their chips um, uh, and not paying them for it. And even now they're trying to get out of it. They're, they're trying to go back to the Supreme Court and get out from the from the settlement they just made. Wow. And even the Biden administration, I just wrote about this a couple of weeks ago, the Biden administration has told the Supreme Court, do not listen to Apple on this. I mean, <laughs> if, if it's too stupid for the Biden administration, you are really out there. That's right. So anyway... So anyway Now, they've been looking for a way to get around Qualcomm's chips. They even stole, they tried to reverse engineer Qualcomm's chips and hand it to Intel and have Intel recreate what Qualcomm had invented. And so now, good news, they've gone to a Chinese chip company that's connected to the Chinese military, and they're going to use their chips in their phones. Huh. And of course, this is a huge security risk, right? Um, because China's military is, of course, affiliated with the Chinese government. And again, I point out, if the if if Apple is willing to reverse engineer and steal Qualcomm's information in order to get better chips from Intel, what's to stop them from doing trying to do that and give it to the Chinese military to make better chips? And, of course, when the Chinese military can make better chips, that's great news for our country in general.
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, just to actually turn over uh, the blueprint for the chips so that uh, the communist Chinese, Chinese uh, military can replicate those chips, to me, that is just, well, that's sedition is what it is.
4: Well, I, 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 at some point, oh, I, I think we passed the sedition line at some point. Uh, with China, with a lot of country uh, companies, right? <laughs> I, th- I think Apple has that in the rearview mirror already. But this is just just especially, and as I said in the piece early on, I said, as as human nature dictates, the more you get away with, the more you try to get away with. Because mm-hmm. if you get away with it, you know, if you get away with a five on out of ten, well, then you try for a six or a seven. And Apple's been getting away with this for years and years, so. Their their attempts get more, more and more egregious as we go forward.
1: Yeah, it's kind of kind of like Pfizer. Hey, we can give shots to uh, teenagers. Let's give them to young kids. Let's give them to kids <laughs> under age. Five. You, know,
4: I, you know, I you know I I watch CNBC in the morning most days, and you know parachuting in out of the you know of course the stock market's collapsing, and in the midst of all these stories, all of a sudden they do a story. Pfizer says like you can tr- if you triple dose your five year old. Yeah, and I'm like. It just sounds like a, an alien uh, story, because I'm like, no one out here is talking about the virus. They're certainly not talking about getting vaccinated for it anymore, and now you want to poison our children? Well, I mean, what is this, government schools?
1: No, just, just just follow the money seat, and I mean, just take a look at the advertisers on these uh, stations. Obviously, they're flooding the uh, the stations with money, and of course, they're, what they're buying is... Uh, is representation. Unfortunately, they're yeah. not just providing news, they're providing uh, disinformation.
4: Yeah, yeah. And of course, every time, every time they want to discuss the virus, they have Scott uh, Gottlieb, who used to be on the uh, FDA board and, and now is a board member of Pfizer. Gee, what a, what a, what a great revolving door <laughs> that is.
0: Yeah
1: <laughs> So uh, we have to do something to correct the problems that we have here. I mean, we uh, to, to quote uh, somebody, so he said, uh, you know what we have the best government money can buy. And by that he simply meant that uh, everybody is trying to influence somebody else with dollars, and that's exactly well, that's, what gets attention.
4: I, I, I call it selling the United States by the pound. It's like a butcher's a, a meat market in, in United in, in DC. And they're just selling itself. I'm going to write again this morning about how a a bunch of uh, business associations are trying to use the uh, inflation as an excuse to get rid of all the tariffs on China. Because, you know, why should we make anything here?
1: Uh, can you believe it? They just, uh, how far we've come from the Trump years and how things were going, how well they were going. Just think about where we would be right now if Trump were still in the presidency.
4: Do you know what the price of gas was on Election Day? Now, remember, Biden campaigned on destroying the oil industry. So as soon as he won, the oil industry started pulling back. Right? They didn't start pulling back because of policies. They They pulled back in preparation of policies because of what Biden promised to do. Election day, the gas price was 209
1: And today, it's over $5. Five bucks. Yeah, unbelievable. See, my- and, and by
4: the way, all these inflation numbers you see on individual products or sectors are all double digits or higher. Of course, gas is two and a half times. And then they come up with an inflation rate of 8%. I think the inflation rate might actually be higher than 8%. If, if, if everything's 14%, 18%, 20%, 200%, somehow that doesn't add up to 8% to me. I'm not I'm not entirely sure.
1: No, I mean everything is cratering right now and it's just so unfortunate right now we have this uh pre- this guy who's in the presidency. He's just incompetent. He, he, he Well,
4: uh, I wrote a pe- I found a piece I wrote in June of 2020 and it was called Bi- Biden's I- addled brain. The Communists will be running the show. Yeah. And that was the deal they cut. We'll drag his his all-timers carcass across the finish line. If you, you know, the left said this, we'll drag him across the finish line if you let us run the show once he gets in. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened.
1: Seton Motley again, the founder and president of Less Government, I encourage you to visit the website lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: Thank you very much,
1: sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: You have questions about your retirement?
0: Come back to the Bob Hartin Show. And now here's your host, Bob
1: Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board, among other things, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website the FGA. Dot org. We have with us Linda Harden, formerly author of uh, Greetings from Paradise. She hasn't written that in a long while, but uh, nevertheless, always entertaining and informative. Uh, Linda, thank you so much for joining us.
5: Good morning. A lot has happened since I was on last.
1: Yeah, let's talk about it.
5: Well, I mean, your hip replacement.
1: Oh, that's right. I mean... Uh, it's
5: just... It's been a whirlwind week
1: Let's not uh, take that for granted I tell you I'm so grateful For the treatment I received From Dr. George Markovich And his team And from Larry And my physical therapist And uh, just uh, everybody's just I uh, think Have done a great job And you By the way my <laughs> You're the major, major person That's uh, helping me Get through this But the point is Pain is dissipating And uh,
5: You're a now bionic
1: uh, bi- Balance is improving And uh, it's, it's just A great experience I'm so grateful To no longer be experiencing pain uh, 24-7. It's, uh, it's just amazing.
5: Meanwhile, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah,
1: so let's talk about that. I think nobody cares about my hip. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, I, you know, you asked me what I wanted to talk about. There's just so much going on. Yeah. And uh, the world literally is going to hell in a handbasket. I don't care um, where, you want it, where you want to go. Uh, they can't find out where the $40 billion went in Ukraine. Um i I personally have a good idea that it was laundered and's gone into other people's pockets, yeah, but um, I can't prove that at least not now. Um, we had that Evaldi shooting where all those little kids um uh were killed, and isn't it interesting, oh by the way, that the United States is in dire straits in so many different ways, and yet. And, and people are just unhappy with... I mean, the, the consumer... Uh, um
1: price index?
5: No, not the consumer price, but consumer, consumer sentiment is the lowest it's been in 50 years, I heard. 50 years. It's so awful. Yet, um, this is my theory, and it may sound like a conspiracy theory, but I don't think so. Uh, they, wanted, they want to make new gun laws, right? Uh, because they don't want people to have guns. Yet, these these... Uh, shooters somehow decided that the laws don't matter to them anyway. Someone gave them the money to buy all this ammunition, to and and uh, uh, weaponry and whatever body armor to shoot up these schools. The the police turned a blind eye and let these these little kids be shot. And then all of a sudden, that one that shooting in Uvalde, the one in Buffalo, whatever. All of a sudden, these happen in a flurry, and then all of a sudden, guess what the Congress is trying to do? Oh, we need to take your guns away. We need to take your guns yeah. away. Um, I think they're pretty afraid that the that the American citizens, they don't want the American citizens to have guns because they're going to get to a point where they've had it with this Congress.
1: Well, uh, I will say this. That, that is a little far-fetched to think that all these things were kind of uh, uh, staged in order to uh, set up gun control. But I will say this. Uh that we've got over four hundred and fifty million guns here in the United States, and gun sales increase rapidly once uh, we bring up the whole notion of gun control this uh, red flag law has me really concerned because if they try to implement red flag laws, which is you know the, the idea is good let's let's see if we can't find out who these people are before they sh- go out and shoot people, and so we can take their guns away well wait a minute,
5: wait a minute. go go back to that that horrible shooting in las Vegas mm-hmm. That was that investigation into who that guy was was dropped like a rock. Yep. Absolutely dropped like a rock. Good and how point. How many people were and and the investigation over what happened in Uvalde more recently has dropped like a rock. Yep. I mean, it, it is so it is so apparent to me that there are nefarious activities going on behind the scenes to this stuff.
1: And plus, you listen to what's happening in in uh, Canada. The uh, prime minister says Trudeau says, "Well, you know what? It's okay to own a gun to go out and hunt, but you can't have a gun for self defense." Can well, you believe that? Can you believe that? Yes.
5: And and oh, by the way, there is um, karma because
1: yeah, he got he got COVID. Justin
5: <laughs> Justin Trudeau has gotten COVID again for the third time, and oh, I'm really glad. I'm really glad I was vaccinated and boosted because it could be so much worse. Yeah. My, how the this, this story has changed. Wait, when you can get, ba- get vaccinated, you will never get COVID or whatever. Yeah. Now, now um, that people are dropping like crazy, the uh, Xavier Becerra, the health and human services secretary got COVID. Somebody else got COVID. Yeah. But
1: the, the point getting back to gun control, uh, I don't think this law is going to pass. I don't think uh, it's going to get uh, over the hurdle for 60 senators to waive the uh, the law to, that requires uh, the uh, what's what's the word that I'm looking for? But anyhow, the point being is that they're not going to get the votes in order to pass this law. I I personally don't think so, and because Americans don't have a we just don't have an appetite for con- uh, gun control here in this country. There, I think there's some things that should be done. I would love to see uh, uh, I would love to see school teachers. Uh, have an opportunity for gun training and for the opportunity to you know, passing, for example, some sort of a psychological test to be able to carry a gun in school to protect their students.
5: So, so did you see that the governor of I don't know if it was Indiana or Ohio? DeWine, Ohio or Ohio actually signed that into law to have a-
1: which is great. I mean, I think that's just common sense. Who cares more about the kids uh, other than their parents than the teachers?
5: You know, you know, we could do by the way, just so just to wrap up this topic. Criminals don't care about laws. Right. Criminals that- will get guns no matter what. Absolutely. And, and they don't care about that. And, and oh, by the way, um, there's a dual justice system in, uh, in this country. Um, let's, can we just talk about Nancy Pelosi for just a second? Sure. So, so her husband uh, was arrested for uh, two counts of DUI, what, 10 days ago, two weeks ago. Um, if it were you or I or anybody a Republican whatever their their mug shot would be on the the front page of everything right the day after or the day of it took FOIA request to get his mug shot right and meanwhile while while that is all happening and the Jesse waters raised great great questions last night like was he alone you know did what what led up to this? Um, what was he doing out late at night drinking? Meanwhile, what is Nancy Pelosi doing? She's making a guest appearance on a drag show.
1: It's what America's all about. It's
5: what America's all <laughs> about. Just Does Sodom and Gomorrah come to mind Yeah, all? This is. You just I mean, it, it's just... And then, got, and then they've got these pride parades, parades where, where they're bringing these little kids... I'm not kidding you. It's very scary. They're trying to groom these little kids to make it acceptable that that um, that you're um, that that all this is okay. That it, it's they have they're having these drag uh, uh, queens go and read little stories to kids yeah. and showing their private parts. How how demonic can this be?
1: I know. Well, we got to get back to some common sense, and unfortunately, we had the midterms coming up. Hopefully, if in fact we don't have the monkey virus or some other thing impeding our I, elections.
5: I think, I think that, you know, Nancy Pelosi said the other day, oh, there's no, there's no danger of uh, the Democrats losing power in, in, in the House. No danger. These people are evil, and they will resort to anything to make sure that either the elections don't take place or that they cheat,
1: yeah, I agree with that 100%. Well, we've got to do whatever we can to make sure that that doesn't happen. It's good against evil. And, uh, Linda, I just, just I genuinely appreciate your commentary here. Am the I ship. done? You, we're all done. They all right.
5: We've, so we've
1: got so much to cover. Well, uh, uh, well, I just have to make sure that we get more of it in in the, in the next time. Thanks for joining us. Welcome. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests for tomorrow, including Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute, and Professor Andrew Joppa will be joining us as well always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, tell your friends about the show if you enjoy it. I think that's one of the ways we get the word out and also uh, support our advertisers. And we couldn't do the show without our advertiser support, so thank you for that as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. (laughs)